encounter with God at dawn. We are at chapter 4 of our book, The Golden Chain, by Albert Olison. It's titled, Our Human Nature. Let's have a little prayer before we read. Dear Jesus, as we read about our need for you, our fallen human nature, pray you give us comfort and encouragement to know that you have a plan, and we're going to get to that plan eventually in this book. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. After the fall, we find Adam and Eve repentant, fully obedient to the provisions of salvation, but still sinful in nature, unable to re-enter Eden and waiting the penalty for their sin. The question naturally is raised, what then is our standing as descendants of Adam? Exactly the same as theirs regard to the fallen nature, the inheritance which we cannot evade. When man fell, every area of his being was contaminated, not only his physical power, but his mind and spirit also degenerated. Before Eve took or tasted, she saw that the fruit was to be desired. No voluntary action of the body takes place without the consent of the mind. It is impossible to sin only in the body. So unless the whole nature of man is aided from without, there is no hope of improvement, for within the fallen nature itself exists. No center free from the infection of evil. No area is isolated from the malady of sin. This makes us total sinners without God's grace. We are held in bondage by the ponderous chains of our acquired propensities, as well as by our inheritance. Often the terms we glibly use convey different meanings to different minds. Therefore, we must define certain expressions, such as nature and character. Our nature is the inheritance we receive at birth, the legacy of inclinations and trends that enfold us without our conscious volition. This legacy includes the physical structure and certain tendencies that we receive from former generations, the possession of which is not our responsibility. Our character consists of the habits of thought and action formed by our conscious individual choice, whether good or evil, and for which we are responsible. A good character is formed in opposition to the faulty desires and impulses of our carnal nature. An evil character moves toward degeneracy, as in the days before the flood. With this difference understood, we may proceed. In this life, our nature remains incorrigible, and it is a constant factor to be reckoned with as long as we live here below. We cannot escape it or deny its existence. However, this does not mean that we have no protection from its influence or effects. The miracle of inheritance by which it was intended that man should perpetuate a holy nature now transmits a sinful nature of Adam to the human race. The same law of heredity, which was meant to continue a perfect race, now causes the sinful nature to persist. 
By the actual material substance of cells, we are connected with former generations. A spiritual regeneration can control and modify the effect of sin, but only the resurrection or its equivalent translation will totally eliminate the evils of inherited nature. The gospel provides protection from the power of our fallen nature, but the nature still exists to reassert itself at the first opportunity. By the gospel, we are delivered from the power of Satan's temptations, but not from the temptations themselves. Let us state with emphasis that the sinful condition of man's nature is permanent in this life, to be fought against continually and to be overcome daily. This is an important point, and because often it is not understood, many persons fail and become discouraged. Our destiny does not depend upon the nature with which we find ourselves possessed, but upon the character we build in opposition to the perverse traits of inheritance. If we run with patience the race that is set before us, we will find God's answer to the problem, and our recovery will then be complete and permanent. We will illustrate this with a parable in the style of John Bunyan. A certain man, because of the uncertainties and confusion of the place in which he lived, found in his heart to endeavor to reach a city that was famed for its peace and quiet. On inquiry, he found that the road thereto lay through the fields and forests of an enemy. But being adventurous, he nevertheless set forth on his journey. Now the enemy, being averse to travelers, sought to dissuade, or if necessary by force prevent the man from reaching his goal. So he employed his emissary to harass and torment the man in every possible manner, but the man would not be dissuaded, and he fell upon the emissary and repelled him. He would have slain the emissary forthwith, but he found this was impossible. However, the traveler had some relief for a time. As the man journeyed toward the city, the emissary continually abused and distressed him, hiding behind the trees of the forest and in the hollows of the fields, seeking every opportunity to catch the traveler off guard and waylay him. While the man was never able to dispatch his foe, yet he did overcome him in every conflict. After many days, the city gate came into view, and the man was welcomed to the city of peace that he had long desired. It is said that as he entered the city, the emissary disappeared, never to be seen again. Later, the enemy perished in his own forest in a holocaust of flame set by the governor of the city. It is quite evident that in this allegory, the emissary is our human nature, through which the enemy endeavors to destroy us. There is no complete destruction of this nature in this life. There is, however, abundant power available to resist and overcome its influence. The final banishing of the rebel nature is reserved for the day of God's victory. The fallen nature is frequently misunderstood and denied to the detriment of our Christian experience. If we believe that at conversion our carnal nature is abolished, then when temptation comes, as they surely will, we will doubt the quality of our conversion and consider it a failure. Paul realized the struggle was ever with us, for he declared, I die daily, in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. Satan knows our human nature. He is well acquainted with the basic hungers of our humanity, and he reserves a hundred variations of every temptation to entice us. 
Although a man may live a good life, yet his children will inherit the same broken nature. Beyond the greatest spiritual achievement in this life lies the impassable gulf of the fallen nature of Adam, which can be bridged only by the power of Jesus and his saving grace. Shall we not look with anticipation toward the day of our Lord's coming, toward which patriarchs and prophets turned with longing eyes? The mighty work of the gospel occurs within the bounds of our present human nature, which is not abolished at conversion. This nature receives incentives to sin, and the adversary accentuates desire and suggests the opportunities, but we are primarily, primarily self James declares that man is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. James 1.14 Our rebel heart doubts God's providence. Our nature urges us into forbidden paths. And with fiendish ingenuity, the forces of evil play upon our impulses. The history of ancient Israel in the record of the nation's conflict with sinful nature. That is, I'm sorry, the history of ancient Israel is the record of the nation's conflict with sinful nature. If they could have conquered their fallen inheritance, their enemies would not have afflicted them so severely. In all periods of church history, the inward foe has been the primary enemy and has continually sought the mastery over man's soul. We walk the Christian way in our human nature, and there's ever a warfare with a continual need to overcome temptation. The Christian life is a progression which is never completed in this life. It is better to know at the outset the devices of the wicked one before we can build the beautiful structure of faith. We must have a solid foundation of fact to support it. Let us study some of the clear statements from Ellen G. White concerning the spiritual warfare we must continually wage. Quote, so long as Satan reigns, we shall have self to subdue, besetting sins to overcome. So long as life shall last, there will be no stopping place, no point which we can reach and say, I have fully attained. That can be found in Acts of the Apostles, pages 560 and 561. Paul knew that his warfare against evil would not end so long as life should last. With all his power, he continued to strive against natural inclination. Men who have lived the nearest to God, men who would sacrifice life itself rather than knowingly commit a wrong act, men whom God has honored with divine light and power, have confessed the sinfulness of their nature. The struggle for conquest over self, for holiness and heaven, is a lifelong struggle. Without continual effort and constant activity, there can be no advancement in the divine life, no attainment of the victor's crown. The strongest evidence of man's fall from a higher state is the fact that it costs so much to return. The way of return can be gained only by hard fighting inch by inch every hour. Paul's sanctification was the result of a constant conflict with self. He said, I die daily. 1 Corinthians 15:31. His will and his desires every day conflicted with duty and the will of God. That can be found in Testimonies, Volume 8, page 313. One may for many years have enjoyed a genuine Christian experience, but he is still exposed to Satan's attacks. In the battle with inward sin and outward temptation, even the wise and powerful Solomon was vanquished. And that statement is found in Prophets and Kings, page 82. 
little note that I wrote in at the end, God carefully monitors the heat of the cleansing flames. That's the end of our chapter. Let's have a small prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, for the help that you have for each one of us. You will not leave us alone to face things that are more than we can handle. And when we become discouraged, help us to remember that we can come to you. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining me, my friend try to not miss a week as I did last week and have a chapter next Sunday as well. Be blessed today. Mm-hmm.